Hello, welcome to the Living Open podcast for mystics and seekers. I'm your host, Erin. I'm a Philly-based healing artist, and this is a podcast to support your healing journey. Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Living Open. This week's episode is on grounding in your peace and full spectrum spirituality with Oni Love. Oni uses she her pronouns. She is a healing artist and priestess and the founder of Oni Love. She utilizes a ton of different healing modalities in her work, including pure bioenergy, sound healing, ritual and ceremony, spiritual life coaching. She's also a practitioner of Ifa, a traditional philosophical and spiritual system developed by the Yoruba people of West Africa that's practiced throughout the world. And she's an artist. Um, her work really involves grounding the divine and reminding humanity of beauty, peace, and joy. And she's dedicated to guiding people on their journey through awareness, self-love, and healing. And she's pretty amazing. She has such a beautiful energy and is, I think, a brilliant spiritual being. <laughs> um, much love and gratitude to Sonia Estelle, two-time past guest, for introducing us and connecting us. Um, so in this episode, we talk about Onyu's journey, how she views life and spirituality, lessons she learned on her recent trip to France, listening to the universe, integrating and reflecting out your healing work into the world, grounding in your peace, opportunities to practice what you've been learning and healing through, resting and finding balance with yourself, tapping into ancestral traditions that connect you with peace, learning how to be in silence, not appreciating the subtle because we think our experiences have to be extreme, being a reflection of the version of earth you desire, using our reflections and other people to break through our own stuff, stepping into your courage, listening to your body, life as play, and more. I hope you enjoy this conversation, and I also hope that you will pick up a copy of my book, Moonsign which is on pre-order until April 15th. It is my gay-ass poetry collection about healing and growing and fucking and falling in love and moving through tower moments and all of the magic. That's the new one-liner about the book. <laughs> so if you like poems um, or anything like that, if you can relate to any of that, please check it out. Link's in the description. And enjoy this episode with Onyi. So I always like to start the show by hearing about your journey. So I'd love to hear about your journey with healing and spirituality and yeah, how it's brought you to the work that you're doing now and the place you are in this moment. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, gosh, my journey with spirituality, I think is just my journey of life. In my perspective, we are spirits having a physical experience, so everything is a part of our spirituality. I think it's because we can just easily get stuck on these ideas of what something has to look like or feel like in order to be called a thing, then we don't realize the expansiveness of that thing. And I think spirituality is one of those things. And oftentimes people funnel like religion into spirituality or funnel something else that's completely different in their mind than religion because a lot of people have just um, a lot of stuff around religion. So mm -hmm. to them, it's like, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. But I'm like, spirituality is all of it. <laughs> so you may just funnel your own spirituality through the practice of a religion. But that's still, to me, part of your spirituality. So for me, it's just been my life, really. And I would say specifically looking at things like religion or esotericism. I grew up very Christian. And that was what I knew. I Even the word spiritual, spirituality, I don't even think I had a concept of that as a young child. We just were Christian. We went to church on specific days. We did all the things, the choir and the Bible study and the services. And for me, looking back, and even when I was younger, I felt we really lived that life. And I really looked, especially to my mom, as someone who was like, she's a strong Christian if anyone is it's my mom and so that was kind of my way to approach spirituality now it definitely had its I think conditioned aspects especially given how a lot of people 
practice Christianity and how they view Christianity. And I definitely see that the ways that, you know, I practiced or we practiced kind of fell into that at times. But as a child, I was just doing what I was doing, but I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the community. I enjoyed the study. I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the dance. So to me, that was all just part of going to church. And you couldn't have told me anything otherwise. And I think just as I got older, as I started listening to other people's experiences and comparing my own against theirs and feeling like I wasn't enough, my relationship with God, there was something missing because mine doesn't look like that. And what that looked like for me as a young child was like very extreme and visceral and just like obvious. And mine was just like, I love church and I love doing this thing. But (laughs) in my mind as a child, it wasn't enough. So then that doubt crept in and I just kind of allowed it to grow and fester. And in addition to just learning a lot of things that I was learning, meeting different people who practice different religions and traditions and things, and starting to recognize some things that didn't make sense for me, looking at how Christianity was practiced with the people that I was around, that plus the guilt, plus just different things that were happening in my family just started, I developed a sour taste when it came to just God and religion because I was kind of con- convoluting a lot of it, confusing a lot of it. And so I just moved away from the church and Christianity in that sense, kind of closed that off for myself. But then that opened up just my curiosity and interest Mm -hmm. in just other things that I was experiencing. And from there, that's when I started learning about ATR or African traditional religions and specifically the tradition that I practice now, Ifa. And it's just like long story and we can get into specific like questions or details about it, but basically in 2003, that was my introduction to it through my teacher in a elective class at in college. And many years later, what we're in 2022, so that's what is it, 19 mm-hmm. years later? <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> 19 <laughs> years later, here I am initiated into that tradition um, underneath specific deities, practicing it as kind of my core foundation. And I still incorporate things from whatever traditions I come to or that come to me, that teach me, that show me, that reflect something. I look at all of life as like me practicing my spirituality because we're all connected, we're all here together. So it's just been this interesting journey of, you know, coming from a child, having that, you know, just that innate, subtle connection to being an adult and recognizing all those lessons and recognizing both the subtlety and the quote, extreme and the spectrum and recognizing that the full spectrum is spirituality. Mm. Yeah. There's so much expansiveness to what you're talking about. It feels so like my whole body feels like relaxed and open <laughs> hearing you talk about that. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, yeah, that feels good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and it's interesting that, that idea of expansiveness. And I was in my prayers today, something that I said, I think, for the first time in a long time, because um, when I go through my prayers, I have kind of a, a few different energies, deities, groups that I pray to or for or with, however we want to mm-hmm. look at it. Everything from ancestors to the specific deities that I'm connected to or deities within my pantheon. And then I pray for like my family and then my communities. And one of the specific deities that I was praying to is an energy called Eshu. And in our tradition, Eshu is the owner of the master of the crossroads, the beginning and end. Any type of formal ceremony, you start with Eshu, you end with Eshu. The the energy of the crossroads, the energy of multiple dimensions, uh, you know, past, present, and future all exist now, all, you know, simultaneously occurring. And I said something today that was interesting and just piggybacks on what you were saying of like the opening up and the expansiveness. along the lines of something that I heard about this energy of, you know, Eshu is so small that he can, he can sit on top of a, you know, the, the point of a needle and he's so large that he takes up more than a house, more than a, a, you know, a country, a continent, this globe. So that idea of like the like tiniest, like minuscule, smallest particle, what I don't know, is it, is it 
not playing time. What's what are like the tiniest particles? Like an atom or something? I don't know. Even smaller than an atom. Whatever that name is for that, like the smallest division of like matter or space to the most expansive to infinity. You know, and I said that, you know, as you like from, you know, you encompass all numbers. I mean, there are specific numbers that are associated with this deity, specifically three. But I said, you know, thank you for the number three and 21 and all the numbers that reduce to three. But thank you for for zero through infinity. Just that mm-hmm. idea of like the spectrum from like nothingness to everythingness because it's all one thing. Yeah. When you say that, it makes me think about, I think it's Adrienne Marie Brown who talks about like small is all. And I think about like the, you know, like a tiny little pin and like you just doing your prayers every day. And then like that big expansiveness out into like a whole continent and like how, yeah, those small moments like make up big energies and big expressions and experiences and like can ripple out so far beyond us. And yeah, that feels really beautiful. Definitely. And I think we we sometimes get overwhelmed or we, yeah, we allow ourselves to feel this overwhelm at the idea of like mm-hmm. all the things and like the universe and like all the things are happening. And yeah, when you're trying to wrap your brain or your mind around all the things, it, it is a lot. And if you can just ground in your, the fact that you're here, the simplicity mm-hmm. that we're here, we're here together. We're experiencing mm-hmm. the things that we're experiencing moment by moment day by day and that the macrocosm is a microcosm like you focusing on the things you can you're still tapped into everything and the expansiveness of it so it's this it's this really interesting time right now to be looking at just like time and space and material materiality and just again that collapsing in but then expanding out and that constantly like happening and really navigating that duality again if we like to look at it as a duality but it's really the trinity because it's like the ends but then everything in between and all of it but then it comes back to one (laughs) (laughs) this is another moment where i wish people could see your hands (laughs) (laughs) this is making me curious to ask you something we talked about over email where you shared that you just returned from a trip to France and are like processing and integrating the energies and lessons from that. And I'd love to hear about your experience with that trip and what you're learning and processing and why you wanted to go and just all the things about that that you want to share. (laughs) Thank you for asking. Yeah. And it's, it's funny as I tell people about France and maybe at some point I'll stop kind of, um, segueing into the story this way, but I think it's actually really important for me because France just started coming up. It started with like a a group, me and two friends went to a French restaurant. So I was like, okay, it was French restaurant in LA. So cool. And then I think the next day I was having a conversation with someone in France came up and I was like, interesting. And I was watching some Netflix show and then the specific episode, the day after I heard the thing about France, then one of the characters was in France. And I was like, I think I need to go to France. (laughs) (laughs) And for me, why that was interesting was because France wasn't necessarily like at the top of my list of places to go to right now or again. I had been to Paris before, I believe in 2007 or nine. I can't remember the exact date. And I went to Paris and I had gone after being in Italy, which I was like, oh, Italy and Rome is like, oh my God, I love it. And it's warm and all the people. And then I went to Paris and I was expecting that same experience. And it just was different. Mm-hmm. Still beautiful. You know, all the things, all the Par- you know Parisian things were great and wonderful. But I just, I didn't, I was expecting something, didn't get that. And I just was like, eh, meh, whatever. Like Paris, France. So other places were on my list to go are still on my list to go. And then Francis wasn't on it. So when it kept coming up, I was like, something's interesting. Like if it keeps coming up and then it, it just kept coming up, kept coming up. I would meet a French person. I remember this person was French or something. And I was like, yeah, I really need to go. And again, with all the things in pandemic, <laughs> like travel, I hadn't been international since before the pandemic. And so like, that anxiety starts coming up and I was like, okay, if I need to go, my spirit, spirit's going to make a way. I don't need to already assume the worst because I know a lot of people can do that. So I'll just 
they'll make a way. Let me start looking into flights and start acting as if I'm going to go and just see what happens. And found a flight that was pretty inexpensive. Went to some event, met this French student. And she was like, oh, my God, you're going to France. Like, I can teach you some of the language. I was like, oh, that's great. And I recognized, again, that kind of brought up some anxieties about French people in France. That You know, the idea of, like, the French are very proud of their language, which, I mean, which culture isn't? But there is that stereotype of just, like, if you don't speak French, you're like, oh, or whatever, you know, whatever they say about people that don't speak French. And so it's like, oh, my God, I got to learn French. I got to learn French and sat with her for some time, which was great. But then I just was like, let me, you know what, let me just drop. I'm not going to learn French in two weeks to like have a conversation. If anything, I'll like say a few words and someone's going to think I speak French and be like, oh my God. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> so I was like, let me don't drop. get the wrong idea. And so it was like, it was just interesting, even just up, up to the trip, just like recognizing all these like anxieties that were coming up about just being there, how would they treat me as an American, as a non-French speaker, as a person of African descent, all these different things. So it was interesting that spirit was constantly like helping me to chip away and clean all throughout the way. And being nervous about flying during COVID, like my flight out, like the airport was easeful, seamless. I didn't have to wait in long lines. I got on the plane. I think no one was sitting next to me. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing the stewardess who was french she like noticed something about me and they came and gave me like a gift because i didn't have a neck pillow so she's like i really liked your energy and i really you just you know <laughs> i like your vibe and you know her way and gave me this gift and i was like oh okay thanks <laughs> spirit and existence were constantly checking my beliefs checking mm -hmm. my shit and so also, again, and I was like, okay, this is, I'm already anticipating what I'm going to experience, even though I went, this, I, this time I went to a different part of Nice, of, of France, to Nice, uh, hadn't been there, but I was like, I already know it's going to be different than Paris, but I just don't know what to expect, but then again, France, like, ooh, la la, and romantic, and all <laughs> these different things, and I tell you, like, France, for me, for this trip, was a time of nurturing, Mm. A time of being in this like youthful elder energy because a lot of the people that were like my core group of friends that I met on this trip were, if not a few years older than me, like twice my age. Mm. There was a local restaurant that I that I would just make my hangout right next to where I was staying, and that was a blessing. Even the place that I was staying, I found it on Airbnb, and it had no ratings initially, so I was like, oh, I don't know it. And I just said, I'm going to trust. And if something shady, if something happens and it falls through or whatnot, then I'm just going to trust that I'll figure out a way. And that spirit has my back, but I'm drawn to this place. So let me just go with it. And it was the best place that I could have stayed at for me. I was right by the water. I was in between like the mountains. So it was just this place of just rest, relaxation, Staying in one place and grounding in that place. And you know, I did little excursions to nearby cities to a degree, but you know, long gone are the days for me, unless it just is exciting to my spirit to do this, where it's like I go out of the country because I used to work in corporate America. I was in, I worked for a job for like 15 years. And so you had your short vacation time and then you try to maximize that, right? In this trip, it's like I no longer am at that job. Haven't been at that job for three years. I'm I make my own schedule. So spirit, my spirit's like you don't need to try to hop around and try to do all the things. Just ground, literally, just be there. And I had this funny thought of, did I just go to France to staycation? <laughs> like I could have home and save money and all the things. And spirit's like, don't think about that. You went there. The energy of that place was what you needed to be in for you and leaving that place and having grounded in that energy what came through for me is just a recognition of like so now that you've grounded in that nurturing energy you've grounded in that peaceful energy I had a chance to reconnect with an ex-lover of mine a good friend and we had good conversations and I was able to see him in a different light and they were like so now you get to take that energy that you've grounded, continue grounding, let it settle, and how are you going to then reflect that out in the work that you do for the collective, in your healing work, your shamanic work, your spiritual work? 
in your relationships with your male friends, with potential a potential lover, potential lovers, how can you now really, again, taking that smaller experience for me and then expanding upon that for, you know, the collective and outward. And it just, I was like, wow, thank you, France. I never, I did not expect that. And it was interesting being test, <laughs> tested in my way coming back because it's like, of course, the day I'm leaving and I'm in the airport, shit starts. <laughs> like in the fan, I'm like, I get certain calls that in the past would be super aggravating. I'm like in the airport, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, really? Spring's like, yeah, get ready to get back. Get back. So they're like, how much have you grounded in this peace and this compassion and this patience? So it's like, okay, I, I noticed that I was approaching those things differently sitting on the flight back sitting next to someone who just kept talking to me and I was like oh, I wish I really would have been alone but then I just had to breathe through it have compassion assist the person and then just do my thing my luggage didn't all come all the things happened I had to run between I was like really y'all really <laughs> I just came from this place of peace and now it's like chaos coming back to the U.S. they're like yep have you really grounded in that peace that you were in this is the test it's not and, you know, it's change is reflected not by the outside circumstances changing because they're going to be what they're going to be. It's how do you respond to those outside circumstances? And I had a chance to practice and I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. Mark. Thanks, niece. <laughs> nice time in these. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for this opportunity to practice what I've been learning. <laughs> curious to hear like when you talk about it it sounds like such a like restful and nourishing and peaceful experience and I'm so glad you had that and I'm thinking too like how at different times in my life and probably for some people listening like I haven't been able to access that within myself you know like I can go to a place and intend to rest but then my mind is like or like I'm like on my phone a bunch and I just can't like settle in like my body doesn't know always how to rest even though it actually has space to rest do you know what I mean yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and I mean I'm blessed I'm privileged and fortunate to have just had a lot of great teachers a lot of great experiences, having the practice of Ifa that I have, which Mm -hmm. at the core essence of it, it's about being in balance with yourself, being at peace, being in your awareness, loving yourself, in addition to again, honoring ancestors, honoring the land, honoring all the spirits and things. And then there's, you know, this just kind of undercurrent of like you as an individual, you came here with your specific destiny, your specific purpose and honoring that. And then on top of that, one of the deities that I am initiated into is at its core essence about peace, mm. about knowledge and wisdom of like all the chaos and all the not the experience and all the data and all the information, you know, that is there for us to tap into, like having gone through that, having gone through the spectrum and coming to this place of peace seeing things from a higher perspective, really understanding. So I'm, I'm fortunate that those energies are ones that I've had connections with, I have a connection with, and I've done ritual and ceremony to fully ground in that because there were aspects of me that were not at peace given a lot of the circumstances that I grew up in. And so doing those rituals, and so I recommend people that are connected to their indigenous practices, to their ancestral lineages, to tap into any of those rituals, practices, energies, foods, colors that really support peace because that's part of your DNA. So something's going to be activated within you about that that may open the doors more easily. So that's one thing. Two is using the things that we have at our disposal to, I say, I mean, maybe it's, I don't know if it's forcing yourself, but really creating those boundaries where it's like, so something I've been doing this year, I literally this year was like, well, leading into this year, I was like, I'm gonna be in silence. I'm just gonna turn off everything for into the new year and for three days into the new year, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna let folks know, hey, I'm not talking. If you have an emergency, either call someone else 
or I'll have you as my favorite so that your alert comes up. But otherwise, I am not going to be speaking to anyone. I'm going to turn off devices and I'll clean. I'll do anything else that comes to me, but I'm going to like just unplug from everything. Yeah. Since I've come out of that, I have, I, I'm like, okay, from this time to this time is a time frame that I'm going to work, which includes being on the computer, like have my devices on and do my quote, you know, conventional work on all the devices. After this time, this is my cutoff. What I do in that time between turning everything off and going to bed. And I've set, I have multiple alarms. Literally. It's like, I'll say 7 PM for me right now. We'll see how this, how long this lasts. <laughs> 7 PM is my unplug from devices. Silence not talk to anyone. I put my phone on do not disturb. So I, again, use, I'm using my device to help me to create those boundaries. Silence mm -hmm. mode. I have my favorites I already told people. I tell people now, Hey, these are the times I'm available to chat or hang out or do all the things unless I make an exception. Seven is silence. I don't listen. Even in my audiobooks. I love audiobooks. Like, mm -hmm. no, if I want to listen to that, I'm going to listen to it between the times of 11 AM, 7 PM, get mm -hmm. all my work done. If it didn't get done, it didn't need to get done. And I'm going to keep doing that until I see how have I been using my time? What is a silence allowing me to do? Which part of that is just grounding in the peace of silence. Mm -hmm. Part of being in silence is like be, being in peace is like just be silent. <laughs> like a lot of the ubiquitous sounds and everything that from our devices, that is a big part of us not being at peace because we have all this mm -hmm. stuff happening and so i've been using my devices to really give myself those specific boundaries and after i've put that into practice i may or may not need the alarms the time frames may shift and i'll, I'll know wow i didn't need to be doing these things at this time and i'm seeing the effects of that mm. i'm seeing how much more at peace i am i'm seeing what other things that i never thought i would be into that i'm doing more Wow, that's so interesting. Mm. I'm recognizing more quickly what is in alignment with my peace and serenity and what is not to be like, nope, versus like engaging it before because you were just caught up on all the mind activity and all the things. It's like as you clean stuff up, as you create those boundaries, as you like put that into practice, then it becomes more easy to do those things, to be at peace, <laughs> to sit with myself, be at peace with myself first and foremost. So I would say, I mean, those are just a few different things that I can share that I'm doing or have done or that I have access to that I think anyone can utilize and just do it and see, you'll see shifts. Mm -hmm. That's so lovely. I'm thinking about like, do not disturb on your phone as a spell for peace and how like we, <laughs> we feel like our, maybe not we, I think in my head, I'm like, it's so much easier to do things like be in silence or rest when the container is like externalized, like going to like a silent meditation retreat or like going to get acupuncture and then I'll rest while I'm like receiving acupuncture. But that's not very accessible financially for like, I can't do that all the time. And like, it actually, it can be exactly what you said. It can be like, we can create these containers for ourselves. It's, it's the do what you can with what you have. And I think Again, and it goes back to this idea, looking back at my child of like the extreme expression of something versus the mm -hmm. subtle and not appreciating the subtle because you imagine it has to look like, quote, the extreme. So mm -hmm. like you were saying, someone feels like I have to do the meditation. And I've done that. I did this 10 day silent meditation, which is awesome if you can. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, if you can't do that, do 10 days at your house. If you can't do 10 days, do 10 minutes. <laughs> like start, you know, like. I, I use this example a lot. Like I love to travel and my pinnacle of travel in my mind is international travel. Mm -hmm. Now I can be like, if I'm not able to travel internationally, then I'm just not going to travel. And then what, what does that do to my spirit? That's my spirit's just like, but the spirit it's like, just travel, just do the thing. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, if I can't, I just say, okay, whatever is your like pinnacle, your height of excitement, know that and then do all the things that approximate it in the best way you can. Okay. I can't travel internationally. Can I travel to a different state? If I can, great. If I can't, okay. Can I travel to a different city? If I can't, great. Okay. Can I travel to a different neighborhood? Okay. Can I walk down the street? <laughs> I can't do that. 
Can I walk around my house? If I can't do that, can I walk from one end of my house inside my house to another? If I can't do that, can I walk around my room? If I can't do that, can I draw a picture of an airplane or a car and travel that way? If I can't do that, can I practice dreaming mm-hmm. and traveling in my dream? Like, what are all the different ways you can travel? Because travel is the kind of overarching archetype, let's call it that. And there's a million, billion, infinite ways opportunities to do that thing don't just get so caught up in one that then you negate your joy because you're not able to see the abundance of opportunities around you to do the overarching thing yes I love that and I can relate so much I used to do so much more traveling and I stopped traveling so much um not totally well totally through COVID but then um I stopped traveling so much because I was feeling like it was, I was really being called to be more grounded and rooted and cultivate community where I am and all of those things. And that felt really good. And one of my explorations around travel and not traveling as much was really understanding, like, what do I love so much about travel? And it was like, really when it came down to it, it was the newness, but it was also the deep presence, like feeling like when I'm traveling, I'm so present because probably my phone doesn't work. And there's so many like things that are calling to me and I'm really smelling the sense and I'm really looking at what I'm looking at and I'm really experiencing the place that I am. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, presence is something I can work with right here too. I love it. It's like, how do we take the things we love about the outside or whatever, you know, whatever form or platform or container that we are imagining? And how do we extract the essence and like the the pure energy and behaviors and then just transplant that wherever we are? And that's that whole idea of like cultivating the thing within you as you become a reflection of the thing you say you love or the version of earth you say you want to be a part of, then you move yourself to that place. But if you're not being that reflection, then why you're not even in vibrational alignment with that version of earth. So then why would you think you get to be there? (laughs) It's like they're doing that, but you're not, you think you're just going to get there and all of a sudden be doing it, which could be the case, but it's likely that you have to build up that resiliency or some kind of similar energy to where then you can be in that place. And then also remember that you can always be in that place because you are your place. Yeah. And if that's the way that you want to feel, then why not try and build that now? Yeah. You just call upon that energy and something that Bashar says, and Bashar is this, the name that is given to this entity that is channeled by a man named Daryl Anka. He says, you know, if you're remembering an experience and you remember the energy, like you're, 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 you're inhabiting that energy. Mm-hmm. You're already in that state. And, you know, this often comes up um, during the topic of like using different um, medicines, plant medicines or drugs, psychotropics of whatever the case may be where the plant medicine or that specific substance gets people to a specific place, right? Like it puts you in a certain state, whatever the state is. And then what happens is people get so caught up on the state being in there and imagining they don't know how to do it by themselves Mm -hmm. and that they always need the teacher, the plant medicine or whatever the medicine is. And sometimes it could be, it could be that they need to work with it for a specific amount of time, you know, whatever is in alignment with their spirit, with their body, with all aspects of them. And also if you rely too much on it because you're imagining you don't have that capacity, then you're using that as a crutch. But if you can actually remember like, oh, I remember when I was sitting with whatever ayahuasca or whatever, and you then remember the states you're in. Now you're in that, you've gotten yourself there. Yeah. So you may not need it again, or or you may, who knows, whatever that practice is for you. And everyone is, everyone's an individual. They know what they need, but remembering that state is you being in the state. Mm -hmm. So you just then act from that state and do what you are going to do while you're in that state. And that will then recreate 
well, not even recreate, it will create a new whatever environment and experience you need to have while you're in the energy because that's what matters. It's the energy. Yeah. And I like to think that those experiences can like show us what is possible and that that energy is possible and they can help us touch those places in ourselves. Yeah. And what you're saying, it makes me think about like, falling in love. And I think for me, like I can make that about someone else, but I think it's really about opening to love within myself. And that experience when I like thinking of when I had that last year, I felt so high. Like I literally felt like I was accessing it really in myself. And it's like, this is just love. This is just love that I'm finding in me. And yeah, how beautiful that is. I love that. Yeah. That's love. And especially in relationship with other individuals, whether it's friendship or romantic partners, that's that's definitely an interesting one. And I, I know for me, like romantic relationships had always been this interesting thing for me that brought up a lot of my stuff. <laughs> brought up oh a God, lot of yes. Things. <laughs> and just, uh, you know, and I said this to someone and I was like, oh, that's interesting that I said, I think I'm gonna, you know, use it again or just really meditate with that as you were speaking about, you know, falling in love, that whole idea of like, if we like, we love ourselves and then we open ourselves up to seeing that love reflected outside of us and everyone is our own version of them, which may be a different version to someone else. Like, you know, none of our versions of each other are the same because we're, you know, we're, we're creating our own reality. And yes, every person outside of us is real, but they're our reflection and we have our own relationship with them and I think I said this to the person or I thought it I'm not I probably said it because I was really I'm really bold with this <laughs> this person <laughs> and I was like I love my reflection through you <laughs> and I love how you are reflecting back to me what there is for me which is interesting it's like everyone is a, a reflection of you and again but I love Bashar Bashar said this again in responding to someone because a person had a question and they were like super nervous to talk to people or talk in front of a crowd and he was like why why are you afraid to talk to people in front of a crowd he's like everyone's a reflection of you are you afraid of talking to yourself why are you afraid of talking to yourself <laughs> I was like Oh, that's so interesting. If you <laughs> that everyone is you, a different version of you, like why would you be afraid or not love the person or have whatever negative response? Because like they're reflecting to you what you need to work on or your capacity to love or have an open heart. And it's just really beautiful to be like, yeah, I love my reflection expressed through you. It's mm. all right. <laughs> <laughs> that is bold. I love that you said that. <laughs> I think I said that. I can't remember exactly how, but it's like it came out in that fashion. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that makes, I think there's something in that for me that's about like integrating shame too. Like when we're integrating shame and really able to see the parts of ourselves that feel harder for us and we're uncomfortable or that we don't really like then we can see those things in other people and things in other people that we also might not like and see how we're connected in that experience and see how like that's shared and how much like compassion and I don't know, generative change that can make and create like that feels like part of it too. Shame piece. Yeah. At the core of it is this, I think humanity as a whole and then how every individual person displays this is whatever it is but it's like there's something for the collective humanity about not loving ourselves not fully seeing ourselves not appreciating accepting integrating the full spectrum of us like mm -hmm. again all of it from like the teeny things to the bigger things or positive negative neutral all the things and so it's interesting when we see any person's reflection, right? And they're doing whatever they're doing because everyone's going to do whatever they mm -hmm. feel is in their best interest. And then we have this reaction to them, whether it's like extreme hate or extreme adoration, whatever the case may be. I always, you know, I, in, in doing a lot of this work and self-reflection, it's like when I see someone and have this like knee jerk negative reaction, 
what is it that they're triggering or what is it that they're reminding me of mm-hmm. that I haven't dealt with myself? What am I projecting onto them for whatever reason? Because again, they're just doing their thing, having their own experiences and conditioning and mind activity. So whatever that is, is what that is, but they're in their own world. So what is it about the reflection that is showing me either an aspect of myself that I'm running from or haven't integrated or feel ashamed about? And rather than dealing with that, I have decided or humanity has decided that it's easier to just hate on the other hate on the other or in the cases of like jealousy or feeling like oh that person's doing this thing and I wish I could it's like what is it about them that you imagine that they can do something that you're not able to do mm-hmm. is it that you're not able to do if it is that you're able to do it then use them as an inspiration what if it's not relevant for you and mm-hmm. what if their reflection is showing you that that thing's not relevant but the thing is to find what is relevant and do that. So it's like, how can we use each other's reflections for positivity and to break through our own stuff, shame, guilt, unworthiness, and all these things versus using the other person's reflection to dig further into our own negativity and belief in, in lack of worth and then project that outwardly as negation of or harm to everything outside of us. It's like we, we continue to harm ourselves by not being ourselves, and then we project that outwards and enact that in whatever ways we choose, using whatever tools we choose to inflict that on others. So it's like this constant like going in, checking in. What is that? Is it me? Is it them? I don't know. But let me check in and sit with it and transform it and use it for good. I know I felt so much more triggered by people who I could tell and see were in their fullest expression of self when I wasn't able to be in that and I wasn't able to like embody my most me self. And it was like easier to judge those people than to actually like see that in myself and like move towards that myself. And now I'm like, oh, that's exactly what was going on. But at the time it was not so clear. (laughs) (laughs) And it's beautiful that you've gotten to that place of clarity because there's a, a lot of people that are still sitting in the fog of that and still not able to see the opportunity there. And, you know, I said people, it's really the stepping into your courage And I think a lot of people, there's this focus on like, have no fear, have no fear. And like, we create slogans and songs and all the different things about have no fear. And I'm like, fears is a part of this incarnation on this version of earth with humanity as we have created ourselves and cultivated ourselves to be. And fear is not a negative thing. Fear is doing its thing and it's an alert. So rather than this idea of like, have no fear and then beating yourself up if you do have fear, (laughs) like we just compound the negativity upon ourselves. When the fear comes up, recognize it, Mm -hmm. recognize it, see what it's pointing out. Cause it could be literally like your physical self is in danger, obviously like the instincts and like flight or fight and all the different things. So it could be like, don't step that way cause you'll fall off the cliff. Yeah. And, or (laughs) if it's more behavioral stuff or not even like based on like ideas and beliefs and conditionings, it's like, oh, that fear came up. Okay, what is the actual fear showing me? What negative beliefs and judgments do I have and how do I move towards it? So I tell people when stuff like jealousy comes up or you see someone who's doing the thing, I'm like, you know what's a great way to break through that? If you have access to the person that is triggering the thing, is to like reach out to them (laughs) and just be like, I saw you do this thing and like, I really admired it. And like, I was really jealous because I had this idea that like, I couldn't do it myself. Mm. How did you do it? Cause it's something that I really want to do. Like you like use it in that way. One to tell, like when you tell on yourself, when you just expose yourself, you are then given the opportunity to release that energy because again, mm. energy comes up and it just wants to be re- expressed, seen, once it's seen and expressed, then it'll like dissipate or it'll go where it needs to go. It just becomes this like pure potential for you to utilize in whatever ways you need to. Mm-hmm. And I think we just are so used to like taking that energy and like going in the negative direction, AKA like just collapsing ourselves or imagining we're smaller, but it's like, no, use it and like 
again, like go out, extend it out and see who you are on the other side. And who knows how people are going to react. You never know. Someone might be like, oh my God, that's so cool. You reached out because I feel the same way about, you never know (laughs) what's going to happen. Yeah. That's so funny. We're talking about this because this is like almost exactly what I was just talking about with my therapist today. (laughs) Not with like being jealous of other people specifically, but the same idea with like conflict and how in the past, a big pattern for me has been to fully internalize conflict and not bring things up and push all that stuff down to like maintain like a false harmony and peace. Cause it felt really scary. We talked about how when I internalize that conflict, it never goes away. It doesn't get a chance to be expressed and to dissipate and to move like it wants to. So it just stays and it literally makes my body sick. And as I've learned to externalize that and to be brave enough to bring that stuff up and not shove it all down and have like generative conversation and connection and disagreement, it gets to go away. (laughs) It gets to be expressed and actually move and not take up all the space in my body. It really like, it really works. <laughs> and synchronicity, some the necklaces that I'm wearing right now. So within my tradition, we have jewelry that is spiritually enhanced or connected. There's different mm-hmm. ritual and different things that go into creating it, clearing it, praying for it, blessing it. And the necklaces that I'm wearing now are connected to a specific deity. My tradition that I love is I love all of them, but mm-hmm. called Ogun. There's a lot of Ogun energy that's been coming up a lot. And Ogun is a warrior. Ogun is a blacksmith. This male energy, like this earth energy. I think of it like hot earth energy, creative energy. Um, Ogun is about breakthrough. Ogun's a warrior. So Ogun's about fighting as well, but fighting with integrity, with balance. You knowing what tools to use. Again, the blacksmith knows how to create, take care of, care, you know, like do all the things with the tools. Um, all about protection, about having a pure heart as well, and about really transforming anger. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people think, oh, if you're fighting, you're angry. But it's like when you're in balance, it's like any fighting or any breakthrough or anything that you have to do in the martial area, the ultimate goal should be peace and mm-hmm. being at peace and really like breaking through anger. And one of the things that my priest, my Babalao in the tradition that I practice Years ago, he said to me, you know, be mindful of hidden anger. Mm-hmm. And when he said it initially, I was like, what? I was like, I'm not angry because I'm not, I was not necessarily the one that would just be yelling or all the, again, all the extreme indications in my mm-hmm. mind of an angry person. But it's like I had internalized a lot of pain, a lot of frustration, a lot of bitterness. And the energy he was seeing through to that energy and speaking with the voice of the stadium, like Ogun wants you to be mindful of hidden anger. Mm. He's like, you may not be the one to blow up at people, you know, to like do anything. You'll probably keep it in and you doing so will hurt you. It'll literally make you sick. And of course I dealt with things like anemia, which I, to me, I connected with like anger and like that kind of thing. And other things like internally when you hold on to negative energy in certain places. And he's like, and you also may blow up at the wrong person who's actually not doing the thing that you think they're doing. But because you haven't addressed your stuff, then anything someone does, even if neutrally, then you're like, you just like go off or you respond to them in a way you react in a way that is not in accordance with what they actually did and in accordance with the actual true neutral response. You're right. Yeah, that resonates so much. I used to get these big rashes really regularly. And once I like stopped doing all that internal conflict stuff and left the relationship I needed to leave that I knew for a long time I needed to leave, no more rashes for a whole year now. (laughs) So, inflammation, literally inflamed, flames. Fire, anger. Mm-hmm. It's, you yeah. know, a lot of the stuff when it comes to our physical bodies and what we call diseases, illnesses, ailments, mm-hmm. it's like literally look at the specific organ or system that that disease, quote, disease is affecting. What does that system do? Mm-hmm. Now, in what ways, energetically, emotionally, like 
are you not dealing with that specific, again, category of things? You look at inflammation, it's like you're inflamed somewhere. Okay, are you angry? Where are you holding on to anger? All these, where is there too much heat, too much fire? You know, you know, different traditions have their different medicines and different ways to explain these things. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting, like every system has it. And I think the interesting thing about just kind of Western medicine or conventional medicine, because there's a lot of great medicine and amazing tools and the technology that we have to do all the things is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes because of this idea that like, religion and science are separate and spiritual it's like hmm, how about it's all connected mm-hmm. and in addition to or perhaps even before you like automatically go this route of like let's do this extractive or invasive thing or super whatever thing maybe in, in lieu of going directly to that and or in combination with those tools because they may be very necessary let's look at the energetic component, the, the mental component, the emotional component. If someone has an issue with a system where they're like, let's say constipated. Okay. In what ways do you hold on to stuff? Like, and not say anything and not like release your emotions. Cause that's probably the happening. Like you're talking about what the question is. Okay. In what way are you holding on to anger? Not saying that, you know, the things that come to you that could be contributing to it. If you have stuff with your bones and joints and whatnot, in what ways are you rigid in your thought? In what ways are you not flexible? In what ways are you not tapping into emotions and spirit? So it's like, start looking at all the different things because your body will literally tell you what's happening. Yeah. I'm such a big fan at looking at all the things and utilizing all the tools that we have for understanding and healing. And I think it's amazing how much access we have in all different levels to all of these different ways of thinking and feeling and connecting. And yeah, absolutely. And I'm everything grateful to my body. Us, everything <laughs> around us speaks everything about us, everything about us, you know, and I think it's, it's when I do my healing work and my spiritual work and I'm kind of picking up on information, even the color someone is wearing or not wearing in that moment could be like, and they need to do this or say this. And it's like, Oh, are you, you were all black. Are you hiding? Like, what are you, what's going on there? Do you, you know, you may, if you have an issue with depression or feeling like down or low all the time, I'd be like, what color do you wear often? If it's darker colors, not to say that they're negative, but maybe for your spirit, for a certain time, you, you know, try wearing lighter colors, see how that shifts something. It's like, everything's connected. I like how like, try it and see how it shifts too. It feels like really playful and curious. Like, let's just see, like, let's follow that thread of an idea and like open to whatever comes from that or doesn't come from that. And what next step that might bring us to. And that feels, yeah, just like expansive to bring it back to the beginning of our conversation. It is play. And if we looked at life as more play, then I think we, all of us would have much different, a much more different experience. And the trying things out, I think there's this fear of failure or like it won't work, but what if it doesn't work? But it's like, so you're insisting on it working in a specific, again, going back to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it keeps like, it keeps full circling back because we're insisting on it looking a certain way so that then you ignore all the changes that did happen because you were so focused on this one way, but it's like, okay, maybe you still have the cancer, you know, whatever, but your relationship shifted, you're happier, you're all the things, you're all the things, you're all the things. But because you're like, but this thing stayed, you think it didn't work. It's like, but did you see all the other change that happened? And potentially, if you see all the other change that happened, appreciate that and dig deep into it. Who knows? It could even transform some of the, well, I'm not saying it will or won't, but it's like, stop limiting the possibilities Mm -hmm. because you're insistent on one specific outcome. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. <laughs> I love getting attached to outcomes. Love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. Oh, and for me, my mind would like the outcome and like the negative outcome. <laughs> my mind would be like, oh, the worst, like thinking the worst is going to happen. And it's like, okay, well, if that's what you're thinking, then you'll probably speak that way. Then you'll probably act that way. And then you will take yourself to that actual 
possibility. So you, you, you created it and you can think the best is going to happen and you can create that. Or you can just say, you know what? There's a whole range of things that could happen. And I just pray because again, the weekend, this is the thing. So people can be like, okay, well, I know I used to focus on only the negative. Now let me focus on the positive, And then you insist on that. And it's like, so to me, like where I'm working on, what I'm working on is how about I just ask my spirit to bring to me or that I move towards whatever it is that I need, whatever it is that I need. And whether or not I imagine I prefer it or not, work on recognizing that I can learn from it and use it to grow and to expand and to be a better or more aligned, grounded, integral, centered version of myself. Yeah. I can so tell that you and Sonia are friends when you just said that. <laughs> a lot of the same teacher, a lot of the same, and we're, we're sisters from, you know, we sisters from another Miss Star. So I love it. like we're very similar in some ways and we're very different in other ways. And so like we're always pinging off of each other and learning from each other. And so it is really beautiful, but we've, we've just, we've been fortunate to have a lot of amazing teachers um, teachers who have their stuff. Every, again, we're all here having this experience and navigating our own thing. And even through their stuff, we get to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Always learning. Always. Always playing. Always learning, right? Always playing. <laughs> Onya, I want to ask you the last question that I always ask on this show. Yeah. And it's just because the name of the podcast is Living Open. What does Living Open mean to you? What comes up when you hear that? <laughs> um, the word that the phrase that came up was like telling on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just be like, you know, like, like I mentioned before, like I felt jealous when this happened or I have this idea about you or I was in my petty and I was really loving being in my petty or, you know, whatever. I wasn't truthful when I did this and I recognize that. And so really exposing myself to myself, first and foremost, like exposing myself to myself, seeing myself, loving myself. And then when necessary and with people who actually can hold space for me or in situations where I'm like, you know what? I don't know if they can hold space for me, but I hold space for myself and I know I'm held. So even no matter what they do, I know I'm good. But just being transparent so that I can see my stuff, reflect that to me and heal it. And who knows what that does for the other person. I don't need to be insistent on it. But again, we're reflections for each other. So many times that reminds others that they have the permission to do that themselves. Like I'll often, when I share something, then someone will reflect back a story that may or may not have to do with me. It could be about something else that they never said before. So it's like they're healing past versions of themselves, but really telling on myself and my teacher for pure bioenergy, the laying of hands healing that I practice is Owen Hutchsatter. He said, you know, the, best protection is opening yourself up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that's so beautiful. Because we, when we think of protection again, when we think, oh, uh, like we were like, ah, like we like just are rigid. And it's like in a lot of martial arts stances, like you can't be rigid. Like it's like, you kind of like bend, like you bend your knees, you kind of be flexible. You, you open up because Mm -hmm. one, there's also trickery in that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's, that, there's that comedy and humor and like the trickster energy someone thinks oh you're open and they can and it's like well you're either going to go through <laughs> and you're going to hurt yourself or I'm quick enough to get out the way and I'm flexible mm-hmm. so I'm going to get out the way quicker than if I was rigid but just opening up exposing those parts of yourself that you imagine are like the worst things or whatnot and again in a container that you feel is appropriate for you and as you do that, you start to shift your perspective about the thing. You release any energy you've been holding on to about the thing so it can actually just dissipate. Mm-hmm. And you clear that space for then the space to just be there. Because sometimes it's nice to just have space. Mm-hmm. We don't need to always fill stuff back up. Or you allow the things that are now more relevant for you to come in and inhabit that space. Mm. Yeah. Oh, can you tell people where they can find you? <laughs> you can find me 
There's no, you can roll that too. Uh, you like everyone wants to know after this conversation where to find you so you know how to tell them. <laughs> I have my website, so it's www.onyi.love and it's Onyi, O-N-Y-I. I'm pretty active on Instagram, Onyi.love. I'm on Facebook, Onyi Love One. I'm on Clubhouse. I kind of weave in and out of some of these social media platforms. I'm also looking to build some additional resources on my website as far as a subscription platform, so stay tuned for that. You can join my mailing list to see what I have going on, check my calendar. Oh, for those who are experiencing me at this time, COVID, um, in the future, I, I'm praying for us to be in a future where we have learned all we need to learn from this uh, virus and uh, it is uh, gone, integrated. <laughs> and for those listening, if that is still an experience they are having, go to my calendar on my website because I am doing weekly COVID healings virtually. So that is an offering that people can tap into on Tuesdays. So um, hopefully everyone as well and if you reach out to me it's because you're looking to you know do a sound experience or listen to my music and but if you are needing support for something that you're going through then um just yeah check out my resources and see what I have and see if I'm the one for you to be connected to to help you move through that or I inspire you to look to another person <laughs> who might be email line so you never know why you meet people <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for everything you shared. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, please do tap five stars and leave us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I appreciate it so, so much. And it's a really lovely way to be in exchange with the show, with an indie podcast. You can check out all the links mentioned in this episode in the description, and I'll be back on Monday with another episode. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it and stay in touch on Instagram at E-R-Y-N-J underscore or Patreon until then.